It is a special trade deadline day edition of the This Is Believe One podcast, and I am welcoming back Mike Hattery. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was an interesting day uh, for the Cleveland Baseball Club. Uh, as we all expected, because of reports on Sunday, Mike Clevenger was dealt to the San Diego Padres. Yeah, you know, for some reason, I, I remain a little bit surprised. And we can, we'll can we talk about the package, I'm sure. But this is one of those things where I just felt like there were a lot better fits for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a trade partner perspective, and I, I'm ultimately surprised that uh, San Diego being the one that uh, you know figured it out and got it done. So, yeah, because it seemed like they, uh, the Padres were the early favorite last night. Then, then they weren't the favorite. Then it was possibly the Braves. Then somehow the Yankees got thrown back in there, and the Blue Jays and the White Sox. I'm like, okay, this is this is just someone has some information that nobody else does. And so they're just kind of throwing some fire and be like, it's not done yet, but these are the teams that talks to them type of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you feel like with some of those guys, I mean, Rosenthal's a great reporter, a couple others, but whenever Bob Nightingale's involved, you <laughs> feel like he's just doing some logical reasoning stuff. Jeez, I mean, Bob Nightingale is the classic, if he says it, it means it's not happening person. Um, it's, it's so funny. How accurate that that is uh, when it comes to Bob Nightingale. Um, uh, um, I think you. I think I cut in and out on you a little bit there, but it's. Uh, so I guess, what was your first impression as soon as the deal got done? What was your instant reaction? Because uh, it, it came out in pieces. At first, it was Quantrill, then uh, Arias and Naylor. I'm like, okay, okay, interesting. We, and it's like more pieces to come. I'm like, okay, what else is going on here? Then it was uh, Cantillo, then Hedges got thrown in, then Miller was thrown at the end. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can, I can, I can reason with this. I see what they did. They got another arm in Quantrill. Uh, Arias is a prospect. Naylor's the outfielder we've all been looking for even though he does have potential to play first base in the future, but for now he's playing the outfield. And, you know, someone like Cantillo, another arm. Uh, Hedges, I feel that uh, spells the end for Sandy Leone, possibly. And Owen Miller's another infield type, and that's what you need to do is grab, you know, middle infielders, and you can move them to other positions. Um one of the things I was happy to see is that they also parted ways with Greg Allen, getting rid of the redundancy of having both him and Delano DeShields on the roster. Yeah, the only curse being it sounds like it's going to be Mercado, who's also very similar to those guys, though hopefully a little better with the bat. So it's we're not going to be a complete uh, escape from the soft-hitting, defense-only base runner who makes bad base running decisions. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Maybe he straightened something out after getting sent down to the alternate training site. I mean, it's not like we get a whole bunch of information to exactly what's going on there. Um, besides the fact that we're hearing that, you know, Clevenger and Plesak were throwing simulated games or bullpen sessions or whatever phrase they want to put onto there. But that's pretty much all the information you really get. Is very, it's very minimal, and so maybe it's possible he straightened some things out, made some corrections, but... I'm not, I'm not expecting a whole bunch, and, you know, I got into a, a back and forth earlier this morning about guys like Mercado and Greg Allen. I'm like, their outfield stinks, so they needed to do something. I mean, 
is Josh Naylor the impact bat that everyone was hoping for? No. I mean, a lot of people were hoping for Joey Gallo, but that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I'm firmly of the, I, you know, the Indians have done well on some of these bigger volume deals. I'm generally a proponent of, you know, I'd like to see a bigger centerpiece and maybe not like four prospects on the back end, but you know, it makes sense. Like Naylor, Naylor makes their offense better right away. Is he really good? No, he's probably league average with the bat right now with some room to get better, but that's better than what they've been running out there. So one of the big keys for them is they've been what five five deep offensively. Naquin makes it six deep. Now they probably get to seven deep. That's a big deal for them. That's more and more quality of bats, less and less bad at bat. The prospect mix is just like it's so classic Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Owen Miller. Owen Miller is the guy, the type of guy they love. Look, guy was in Double A. He had elite contact rates. He doesn't strike out. He hits for you know like he he has a good eye at the plate. Like. He's just one of those guys that they're like, hey, we think we can add power to him. And he plays a good shortstop. Like, he looks a lot like Tyler Freeman. He looks a little bit like Jose Ramirez, just that same guy where you're taking elite contact skills and betting on them. And then, you know, it's really similar, like Cantillo. Same same sort of thing where they're like, oh, pitchers with really good command and, like, average-ish fastball velocity in the lower minors. Gee, I wonder if we've had success with those. Let's see if we can turn this into Beaver and Plisa and Savali. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like they targeted some guys that they're really good at developing that type. And and they're really interesting. And then there's the, the Arias play, which I think, you know, probably the guy I know the least about, uh, but maybe the most exciting of the entire package. Yeah, I saw somebody was really high on Arias and um, was was praising the acquisition of him. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can, I can talk myself into him a little bit. I mean, he's someone who's a few years away, still extremely young. Uh Owen Miller probably has a, uh, I would say, a chance of making an impact on the major league team sooner, uh, since he is older. But uh, I, I really like what they did because something I've been saying for weeks now in regards to a possible trade of Mike Clevenger's need to make improvements to help the team now and in the future. They did that today. Yeah, and you know I think. Quantrill is is even more interesting to me where he's somebody who was once a really highly touted pitching prospect. Mm-hmm. He gets flexed to the pen. He's looking great in the pen this year. Seems like at worst you got yourself another really good reliever. So when they I mean this just lines up as this is very obviously like aligns with Pluto's column, like hand is gone in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You're building a bullpen around Quantrill, Karen Check, and Phil Maton, it looks like. Yeah. And then Class A. Yeah. So look, hey, that's a really good eight. bullpen. That's really cheap. That's done. Yeah. So you know, I think you know, there's real positives there, and maybe they think Quantrill really belongs back in the rotation. If anybody can max out a starter, probably this organization. Yeah, and it's something I think that needs to be uh, mentioned. Uh, Carlos Carrasco hasn't been necessarily going long into games this year. If they could find a way to use some of these guys that are not necessarily starters but are probably better using for multiple innings out of the bullpen to sort of like piggyback guys like Carrasco if he can't go deep or someone like like Tristan McKenzie the other day he only went four innings it was four innings then uh, Adam Plucko pitched the final four of that game so it, maybe if they could do some sort of piggyback start thing with some of the guys they don't go deep into games since they have the extended yeah. roster 
One of the greatest playoff weapons to me is the sort of when Chad Green was pitching effectively or Chris Devansky with Houston, those guys who could go two innings, mm-hmm. torque you up. And I mean, Miller showed it a little bit. He was a, a very rich man's version where he'd go one and two thirds in the playoffs when you really needed it. But I mean, absolutely. I think if you can, if you can get Quantrill ready for that sort of role, I think that's great. I mean, and I also think, you know, we talked about this when we, we spoke last week. You know, this Clevenger was always going to get dealt. Mm-hmm. The finances are obviously driving like 90% of this deal. Yeah. Um, he was going to get now, dealt now or in the offseason. So you're trading basically maybe four starts, five starts the rest of the way from Clevenger, mm-hmm. who's been pretty average this year, yeah. for upgrading left field for 30 games. Uh-huh. And then four more prospects. Yeah. And then the next two years. And so, you know, I think I liked them doing it now to try and get some offense. They didn't get as much high ceiling offense as you want. But it was just it's one of those things where I, I think, yeah, I feel like it was a, it was so fated to happen that I'm I'm not really that reactive to either end of the spectrum on this deal. They got, you know, I think they're the same as they were before but there's risk like mm-hmm. Plesak had only three good starts McKenzie had one really good start followed by meh yeah so I mean there's there's real risk that they're pitching Adam Pluko a decent amount in mm-hmm. the second half of the season which he's not good no <laughs> he's he's not uh that first start of his was really uh deceiving uh this year <laughs> I knew it wasn't real <laughs> It's back, classic. classic. Back in that, that doubleheader of, of Chicago, I, I tweeted that I was worried about that start. And, of course, he pitched well. And I'm like, don't get fooled by this. Don't get fooled by this. We know what Adam Plutko is. It's not this. Um, uh, they made another move today by uh, DFAing Domingo Santana. Um, I felt that move was just that was just destined to happen even before anything was done today. Yeah, I mean, I think once Naylor was in, it was a done deal. They just have so many of these guys who are like, I, I still like that they made the Domingo bet. Mm-hmm. I'd make it again. Yeah. I think some other team will probably give him at bats mm-hmm. again. He's a high-ceiling offensive player. Um, but he just wasn't good. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's fine. I, I do think that it would have been really nice if they had gone with Daniel Johnson in center field. Mm-hmm. instead of Mercado potentially in my view I'd like to see him get that opportunity but I mean I would imagine as you mentioned before Hedges will replace Leon. Uh I, I like that improvement a lot I, I mean, think that's Hedges, definitely an, he's a big strikeout guy but he can hit for power San Leon can't hit for power so I, I, can, I can accept that trade off yeah I'm, I'm absolutely good with that and I, I like it when people can occasionally run into a pitch. Yeah. Though I do enjoy Leon's discipline. Um, this is just, uh, and I, I get people's outrage with on the Lindor front. Look, like I get the I get the narrative that instead of going all in on the final season, he's on the roster, final year and a half. They're essentially sort of like looking at 21 to 25 and saying, oh, we're going to go to the playoffs this year. We're still going to try and be competitive then. I guess I just think that that notion is somewhat constructed on a belief that baseball is heavily swung by one player. 
It's not. Uh, which I think you can look at Mike Trout and realize that isn't true. And then you can realize that while Francisco Lindor is really, really good, mm-hmm. there's real arguments that he's probably not even a top 10 player in baseball. So stacking all assets around a player like that, it wouldn't even make sense sort of like around Trout to be really short-sighted, except for once he's gotten later in his years a little bit here. But around Lindor, doing that sort of asset stacking, this doesn't really make sense. He's not in that tier of player that you would even want to try it with. And even the ones you would want to try it with, it doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, those are the (laughs) – as much as I'd love to see them, you know, do an all-in type approach, go for it while Lindor is still here, it's – that's how you end up in – in terrible situations where it becomes an extended rebuild and the teams are stuck in basements for for years. Uh, I mean, look when the Padres went all in last time and their terrible uh, attempt at it when they, you know, they got you know past this prime Matt Kemp and it wasn't good. It wasn't great. No, and look where Detroit currently is now. They went all in and they're going to be bad for a long time. Yeah, and I... So- it is it's staggering how long and how tough a, a rebuild is and especially you know i think one thing this organization has is at least with pitching they really trust their capacity to always produce competent big league pitching which means you know sort of those bottom outs don't have to be so low i mean the one really disheartening thing that i will look fran is a big time get and i think in a lot of ways that sort of set folks expectations a little high because they never should have been able to get Fran Meal plus, like, you know, Puig for a couple of months and a couple of decent, three solid prospects for a year and a half of a guy running, like, a 4.8 FIP last year. It's just not how it should work. And, and one of the reasons I think that's the difference is I think we all tend to forget that Clive on a rate basis is exceptional, and betting on him to throw more than 150 innings a year is a really ridiculous bet to make because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think his injury track record really impacts expected value here more than him lying about going out to do whatever he was doing for one night in Chicago. Yeah, uh, his health is always going to be a concern because it's not like it's just like, oh, he just twisted his ankle or, oh, he's got like a blister on his hand. These are major injuries that he had that he- I mean, he sort of lucked out this year since there was the delayed start to the season that he was able to fully recover. But these are these aren't like minor injuries that he's suffering. They're they're big deals that will have an impact on him later in his career. And it's not like he's a young guy, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think the model that they're running here of saying of developing pitching. And then turning it over when it's getting into their late twenties, early, early thirties, mm-hmm. may not be fun, but it makes a hell of a lot of sense. It it really does. Teams will always play, uh, pay a premium for pitching, um, and I know that you know, Cleveland has a ton of pitching, and you know people always go, "You don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul." But I tweeted earlier today, uh, their offense is so bad, I'd rob the fuck out of Peter to try and fix this offense. I know, and that, that's also clearly you were talking to Hiram this morning. Yes, I've never heard someone in the world use "rob Peter to pay Paul" more than Hiram Boyd, <laughs> which always kills me. It's it's humorous, but he uses it every time. He does. Yeah, and so you know that was my response. Uh, in the thread where I was not 
tweeting back and forth with him. But uh, <laughs> it's a good distraction every once in a while. Let's put it that way. Um, I know. I, I enjoy it. I find it particularly engaging sometimes. Interesting viewpoints uh, for some things. But yeah. um, with uh, Clevenger gone, Plesak's going to rejoin the rotation. Um, I think that was expected. Uh, Plesak, I don't know if he's going to continue what he was doing earlier this year. I don't know if he's going to pitch more like he did last year. Uh, he at least has a, a good track record against tomorrow's opponent in Kansas City, so that should be uh, maybe a little bit helpful to him in coming back, but it's the Royals, and the Royals are bound to do anything on any given night. Absolutely. It's Major League Baseball. You never know what's going to happen. Never know. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen the, I guess, the overall reception of this trade is positive. I haven't seen anyone be like this outside of, like, very few people I've never even encountered saying negative things about this trade. But a positive trade, uh, and it's the way that they got to do things. It's just the reality. Um they have tons of pitching. Use it to try and develop some position players and move on. Yeah, the one the one major criticism I've seen is the this team has gutted a team with Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and Mike Clevenger in a three year period. And my response would be, a of course Bauer. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's a guy who was publicly ripped by the media often for being way more famous than his actual production would dictate. He has one massive year and a lot of really average ones. Mm-hmm. You have Kluber, who they move, who is obviously they might have very been a year high too risk late. And, and at the end of his leash. Might have been a year too late. I argued for dealing him sooner. You have Clevenger. He's got two years left. Turns 30 this year. Injury risk. Truthfully, it doesn't seem like the team is all that thrilled with him. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's a fun narrative when you stack it up, but once you sort of dissect it individually, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to completely uh, ignore all of their position players and stuff like that, it's, it's a fun narrative to drive. But it's, you can you can poke holes in it very quick, especially when you realize that the players that they're playing, some of the position players, the players that they're acquiring, and the fact that they just keep churning out pitchers year after year, that narrative ends pretty quick. Absolutely. It's a tiresome one. Any, uh, any other major thoughts or repercussions that you think exist in the organization moving forward from this trade? Jeez. Um, I, I hope this isn't a, a precursor to the scenario that was that was put out by Terry Pluto. Um, although I do realize that it's it's very, very possible and very, very likely. But... I mean, you never just. Yeah, I mean, I think you never want to see them trade one players that you like, two good players, and and with the possible background of it being financially motivated and not talent motivated. You know what I mean? That's just the it's it's. But at the same time, I realize what this organization is. I realize that they spent way above their means for an extended period of time. 
And they did try, and that's something that I don't think they get enough credit for from the general fan base. Yeah, I mean, they have three straight years of, of pushing the chips in pretty hard each year. I mean, which I think is it's easy to be positive about this. I, I am certainly critical of... I don't think they built a sustainable payroll or a sustainable conception of payroll, which is why these sort of like rapid increases in deductions are kind of dangerous. So it, it makes it hard for you to make sustainable and efficient decisions. But yeah, I, I think that offseason purge is coming in the sense that I think Santana might be back, but I don't think there's a team in baseball that would pay him seventeen point five million. I adore Santana. I'm not saying he isn't worth that, but I think you know, with the teams arguing that they're going to have a significant monetary loss, mm-hmm. and then you just look at what good first baseman or DH are getting paid these days. Like Nelson Cruz just took what, like 10 million. Mm-hmm. And look, he's a lot older than Santana, but Santana's not going to make a lot, a lot more than that on the market for a one or two year deal. That's mm-hmm. just the reality of how you pay those sorts of guys. So I, I think he was always going to not have that option picked up. I think he might come back. I think I definitely think the the trades, if, if Quantrill is kept in the bullpen, just lines up with, they're going to, not pick up hands option so you're going to have immediately cleared you know 30 million in you know expected salary between clevenger and those two next year and then 20 million with lindor i expect him to be dealt as well but it's just it all is going to depend of how they sort of address these things and it'd be nice if they try and do something proactive to give us some hope like i don't know some nolan jones pas or i don't know yeah i, I think fun. i think stuff for players like nolan jones and uh, Daniel Johnson's all set up for, for next year. But again, that all depends on what they get in return for you know Lindor when he is inevitably dealt. Um, you don't know what they're going to get. It could be it could be some some younger MLB caliber guys that are just blocked in on one particular team. It could be another hall of prospects of guys. And it's it's it really depends on the return. For, for me in regards to what the, I guess, immediate impact of some of the, the prospects in their system is. Yeah, I think, you know, I think when you scaffold off, say, the Mookie Betts trade, I don't think Lindor is going to have the same trade value because, to be honest, I just think Mookie Betts is on a different tier than Lindor. But, you know, I think you're still going to get a big league starting caliber player is your expectation when you're trading a star like that. And one that's like ready now. I mean, they get Verdugo who had already sort of proven himself in a lot of ways, at the big league level mm-hmm. and some secondary pieces. And they sort of suppress the value of bets by attaching David Price's contract. So it's very to expect, you know, a legit big league starter coming back and maybe it's at second base, maybe it's in the outfield, yeah. but you're going to have a, you know, hopefully a long-term position player coming back, but it's just, it's not a fun conversation to have. And it, it's just, we're moving closer and closer to that certainty. So it's, it's never enjoyable. Yeah. Second base is a good point. Uh, I love what Cesar Hernandez has provided the team this season. The reality is this is a stopgap solution towards, uh, until they have the next guy that they bring in. And you know, the, the other big thing is like, and this will probably be my final thought, but, this organization is so loaded in the middle and lower minors up the middle that you may see Cesar or someone else as a stopgap next year, but mm-hmm. we're really close to Tyler Freeman, Owen Miller, Bracha is a few years behind and might move across the diamond, but there's a few more certainly that I always forget off the top of my head that I, that I adore. Um, Martinez, 
all of these guys that are sort of pushing their way further and further up the chain. So we're really close to we have a long-term second baseman from the system. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that I would bet another stopgap. But it would be fun if he was that stopgap again. I mean, yeah. he probably wants to get a two- or three-year deal based off what he's done this year, which it's his right. Go go do it. Go get paid. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they did a, a one-year deal with some sort of maybe option or something next year to – you know, to at least provide them a safety net in case the, their their minor league prospects are not progressing in the way that they want them to, or they f- are just not able to uh, find another starting caliber shortstop or second baseman to to play, you know, or a middle infielder, or you know, the return for Lindor doesn't include a second baseman. Just you know, provide them a backup plan, and that's something that. I, I feel that their their front office has done is provided enough, you know, contingency plans for a lot of things. Uh, shortly before uh, we started discussing, I, I tweeted, "There's only one front office in Cleveland that I trust, and they run a team that plays on the corner of Carnegie and Ontario." Uh, I don't trust the other two teams in Cleveland to do the things that the you know the baseball team has. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs>